Welcome to the Heart Zone, a podcast ministry of Kernsville Christian Church, featuring the teaching ministry of George Cannon. For more information about Kernsville Christian Church, visit us on the web at www.kernsvillechristian.org. And now, for a message from the Heart Zone, here's George. You know, last week, guys, we started a new series called Faith in Times of Uncertainty. And we recognize that we live in uncertain times, and we, we, we live in a time when it's not necessarily good to be a Christian. Not necessarily people are happy about your Christianity. And so the question is, is how, how do we function in that? How do we live our lives in that? How do we maintain our faith in that? And so we've been going through 1 Thessalonians. Last week we looked at chapter 1. This week we're in chapter 2, and we're going to look at the first 12 verses. Now, here's what Paul's going to do in these first 12 verses. He's going to remind the Thessalonians how he shared the gospel with them, how he brought the message to them. Next week, we'll see how they responded. But the reality is, is we're going to see about the issue about sharing the message. We're going to look from Paul's experience, what he shares with them about what it means for you and I to share our faith. Now, you say, hold on, George, I thought we were talking about faith in uncertain times. I I thought we were going to talk about how do we live our lives in a time when things aren't going well, when things are, a pressure is put upon us as Christians, and you're going to talk about me sharing my faith? And and the reality is, I don't want to share my faith right now, because I don't want people getting mad at me. It's not popular. You're going to talk about that? Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Because what you're going to see is, is that even in spite of the times when there is uncertainty, it's the most premium time for you to share about Jesus. Because let's stop for a moment. Think about it for a moment. Everybody here recognizes we're in uncertain times, right? Can't turn on the news without hearing about something, right? About some of the disease, Ebola, or about extremists and terrorists and the economy. You know, that's the number one issue they said in the election that's happening on Tuesday. Number one issue that people are concerned about. Actually, those are the three issues that people are concerned about. The economy, terrorism, and Ebola. Did you know that? has nothing else to do with anything else. That's what the concern is for this election that's coming up. So people are nervous. And, and then add to it, you know, we just had Halloween, right? You know what happens the day after Halloween, right? All the Christmas trees come up and we talk about Christmas. Everybody know that? So here's the, here's the concern about Christmas because we've all been there. It's not just the season of giving. It's the season of laying off. Right? And so people start getting concerned with, am I going to have a job? Are we going to have a Christmas? And so we live in uncertain times and it's like, and it's not just people in the church who are feeling this way. It's people in what? General. It's people who don't know the Lord who are concerned, who are nervous, who don't have any hope. That's why I'm trying to tell you that this is the prime time for you to share about your Jesus. Now let me just stop for a moment, but I I do recognize something because I've been pastoring a while. We don't share. We tend to be scared of sharing. And I'll be honest with you, I think some of the reason why we don't share is because maybe Jesus isn't that real to us. Do you know what I mean by that? Because we have nothing to share. But we're going to look at it today from the perspective of you sharing because you do know that Jesus is real 
And you do have something to share. So we're going to look at what the Apostle is going to tell us here. The Apostle Paul is going to tell these Thessalonians. So let's look together. Let's look at verses 1 to 12. Listen to his personal testimony about how he shared with the Thessalonians. Listen to what he says. For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated in Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. For our exhortation did not come with error or uncleanness, nor was it in deceit. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from men, neither from you or from others, when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our lives, because you had become dear to us. For you remember, brethren, our labor and our toil, and our laboring night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. We preach to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved ourselves among you who believed. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Now here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take this, these 12 verses and we're going to divide it into three sections. We're going to see, first of all, determination. If you're going to share the gospel, you've got to have determination. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the wrong way of sharing. There's a wrong way to share with others about Jesus. We're going to look at that. And then we're going to see the right way. There's a right way for you to share about Jesus. And then we're going to wrap it all up and see what we can learn from it. So let's talk about determination. Look with me at verses 1 and 2. Paul says to them, hey, you guys remember when we came to you. Look at what he says. For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming was not in vain. But even after we suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. Here's two things I want you to see. Number one, there is a recognition that the gospel must be shared. Does everybody understand what the gospel is? I don't want to use a word that everybody doesn't understand. Gospel is from the Greek word which means good news. Good news about what, George? The good news of Jesus Christ. And so there is, if you're going to share your faith, if you're going to tell others about Jesus, you need to have an understanding that it has to be shared. You have, within your life, in your personal relationship with Christ, a message of how Jesus can be there for other people and be there for your friends and be there for the people that you work with and be there for your neighbors. And you realize that it is a message of hope. It is a message of salvation. It is a message of forgiveness. It is a message that they need to hear. And you are determined 
Somehow, in some way, as God gives you the opportunity, that you're going to share it. And that's the attitude that Paul had. Paul tells him right off the bat in verse 1, you know that when we came, it wasn't in vain. It's not just some frivolous thing that we're doing by sharing it with you. We know that this message that we're giving you is important, Paul says. So you realize that when you're working with people, when you have loved ones who don't know Jesus, they need to hear, and you're burdened by that. Hopefully you're burdened by that. Because I know how it is for me. I've got loved ones who don't know Christ. But we go on day on and day out, and we can get to the place where we just get what? Comfortable with them not knowing it. We no longer are concerned, no longer are praying for them, no longer... No longer see the need for them to hear. But you know what? If you're determined about sharing the gospel, you're going to realize that it's not in vain. And you're going to look for opportunities to share. So there has to be a recognition that the gospel must be shared. Bottom line for every one of us here. You've got to make a decision. Is the message that important for you to share it with other people? That's the thing. Look at the second thing he's saying here. The gospel must be shared in spite of tough times. The gospel must be shared in spite of tough times. That's what we're talking about is having faith in times of uncertainty, right? You've got to come to the place where you realize that in spite of difficulties, you need to share. In fact, that's what Paul did. Look at what he says to them. You know what, guys? I was just in Philippi before I came to see you, and in Philippi they treated me very badly. What an understatement. Because you know what they did in Philippi to him, don't you? They took him and beat him and stuck him in a prison. They mocked him. And when we're talking about beating him, we're not talking about slapping him on the hand. And here's what he did. After he got out of there and being in Philippi, he goes to the next town. He goes to Thessalonica to share with them. And guess what? He's not sheepish this time about sharing. Even in spite of the difficulties and the struggles that he goes through, he knows that the message of the gospel is important for others to hear so that they would come to know Jesus So he shares. Are you convinced about that? Are you struggling right now because maybe times are tough and it's difficult and you don't like these uncertain times we live in? So you figure the best thing to do is just be quiet? See, if you're determined about the gospel, you're going to realize that it needs to be shared in tough times and in good times. In fact, let me just say, can I be honest with you? Let's just, there is no perfect time to share the gospel. You may want to write that one down. There is no perfect time to share the gospel. Do you realize that? Because in good times, you share the gospel, nobody hears you anyhow because it's good times, right? They don't need God then. You realize that? When the economy's booming, when people got everything they want, more than they want, when they're throwing out their leftovers, they don't need God then, do they? It's actually when times are tough, when, when things are desperate, that people need hope, that people need to hear that there's something more, that they need to hear that there's a God who loved them and who gave His Son to die for them. That's what we need to share, right? See, that's what I'm trying to tell you. There's no perfect time to share. You just need to what? Share. So there's determination. Do you have determination? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you have determination? Here, let's go on. Look now the wrong way. He's going to talk about the things that he didn't do And that helps us to understand what the wrong way of sharing is. Notice the things that he didn't do. Number one, he tells us, look at verse three, for our exhortation did not come from error nor uncleanness nor was in deceit. What's he saying here? The gospel is not a product of falsehoods. 
You've got to be convinced that the gospel is the truth. You've got to be convinced that the message of Jesus is not a fable. It's not a myth. It's not something that some guys made up years ago. You've got to be convinced that it's truth, that it is the healing power for people's souls. You've got to be convinced that it is the message of salvation for people. And so the first thing, the wrong way to do is is to go to people and, and act like it's just another option. It's not another option. It's the truth. First thing I want you to see there. Look at the second thing he said there. Look at verse 4. But as we have been approved by God and entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not pleasing men, but God who tests our heart. Here's what he's saying. The gospel is shared not for man's approval. Hey, we already know that, right? That's the reason why you don't share. You don't share because you don't want people mad at you. But the reality is, is the reason why you share is for whose approval, folks? God's approval. The reason why you share about your faith with others and about your Jesus is because you know that God wants you to do that. You're not doing it to please other people. You're not doing that to get in good with others. Hopefully you're not. You're sharing with them the reality of the gospel and their need for the gospel because God wants you to do that. Here's the other thing. Look with me verse 5. For at neither time did we use flattering words as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness. Here's what I want you to see. The gospel is not shared in deceptive ways. You don't use deceit to get people saved. Here, can I tell you one of the biggest lies people use in sharing the gospel? You need to stop it. What is it, George? How many of you have told people, if you come to Jesus, everything's going to be okay? That's a lie, folks. Because the reality is everything doesn't get okay just because you come to Jesus. Do you understand? Coming to Jesus doesn't make life rosy. Yes, you now have a hope. Yes, you now have forgiveness. Yes, you now have a relationship with God. But that doesn't stop problems from happening, does it? Doesn't stop the difficulties that come in life. Doesn't mean you're going to be healthy. Doesn't mean your bank account's going to overflow. In fact, I would almost guarantee you for a lot of us, it means things actually get worse. Because you have an enemy in this world who does not like the fact that you gave your life to God. We need to quit being deceptive with people. We need to quit lying to them in hopes of trying to get them saved. Here, can I be honest with you? We need to quit our manipulations. We've got to quit trying to manipulate people into the gospel. What do you mean by that? I've seen it. We, we try to convince the loved ones that we have in our life, if they just come to church, we promise them, oh, it'll be okay. And then you tell the preacher during the week, share the gospel with them. Hammer them. They're not going to risk. They're just going to be ticked off. Did you understand what I'm saying? You can't manipulate people into the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? And by, by the way, like they don't see through it. They see through it. Manipulation doesn't work. You know, I've been in, I've been in youth rallies where they say, look to the left, look to the right. You know what? You could go to war and die. Yeah, that's true for everybody. Don't tell them that. That's manipulation. Share with them the gospel. Give them the opportunity to make the decision. That's what he's saying here. Don't use deceptive ways. How many times have we seen that? How many times have we used that? And then we wonder why people don't respond. Here's what else he says. Look at verse 6. Here's another reason. The last reason why not to do it. Here's what he said. Nor did we seek glory from men, neither from you or from others, when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. 
Here's the wrong way to share. The gospel is not shared for personal profit. It's not about you. It's not what you're going to get out of it. That's what Paul's saying. I don't share with you about God so that I get some personal benefit out of it. That's what he's saying here. In fact, that's throughout the Scripture. We do not peddle the Word of God for profit. So you don't share the Word for your own personal profit. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the wrong way to share. That's the wrong way to present the Gospel to others. So you say, okay, George, what's the right way? Well, let's take a look here. First of all, look at verses 7-10. through 10. Look at what he's talking about. He's going to talk about his life now in sharing. And this is the key thing for all of us here. Probably one of the reasons why we don't share. But listen to what he says. But we were gentle among you, as just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. Wow, look at, think, think about that picture, you know. You know, I think about a mom who, who nurses their own child. Have you ever, ever been witness to that? I can tell you right now, they're not rough with them. They're not mean. They're loving. They're caring for that child. And he says, that's how we were to you. Look at what else he says there. Look at verse 8. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but our own lives. So he's talking about a personal investment there. Because you had become dear to us. So so many times we share the gospel, we, we share the gospel with strangers. We have no connection to them. Here he's talking about getting to know people personally, that they become dear to them. You're talking about affection for people. Look what else, verse 9. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil, for our laboring night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. We preach to you the gospel of God. Here's what Paul says. We didn't want to be a burden to you, so we took care of our own selves. We didn't expect anything from you. And then look at verse 10. You are witnesses, and God also, of how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved ourselves among you who believe. He's talking about how they lived their life. So here's the point. The gospel requires attention to how it is shared. The gospel requires attention to how it's shared. What are you talking about, George? The gospel requires that you've got a life to back up what you're sharing. You know what I mean? You know what? It's meaningless for you to share about Jesus when you're living totally contrary to what you're sharing about. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's meaningless. See, that's reality. See, can I be honest with you? Probably one of the reasons why we don't share is is because we're embarrassed to share. Because we know that the people that we want to share with know us really well. You know what I'm saying? I'll never forget, I met a guy who worked at a car dealership talking about, in Canada, talking about a deacon who worked at his car dealership, and here's what he said. Yeah, that guy says he's a Christian, but I know better. Is that the reason why we don't share? See, the right way to share is that you realize that the, your life backs up what you say. Isn't that what Paul was saying? Look at what he said about the way that he was with people. He was gentle with them. He didn't burden people. He did everything he could for them. He behaved himself around them. You know what the ultimate issue here is? is What's your testimony to people? Because I'm going to be honest with you. You may want to write this down. Actions speak louder than words. 
And the first glimpse of people into your life about Jesus is not what you say about him, but how you live your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? The first glimpse that people get about your Jesus is not what you say about him, but how you live your life. And I'm going to be honest with you. What's needed for you and I in these times of uncertainty, if we're going to have live out our faith, is for us to live out what we believe. Then you'll have a platform to speak from. Then you'll have a platform to share. Here's the second thing he says. The gospel is shared to help others walk with God. That's the right reason to share. That's the right reason. It's because you want your friends, you want your relatives, you want your neighbors, you want your co-workers to meet the same Jesus that you meet, and you want them to walk with him too. You want them to have the same hope. You want them to have the same love. You want them to have the same forgiveness. You want them to have the same strength in the midst of their difficulties. You want them to walk with God. That's got to be the desire of your heart. That's the right reason to share. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not so they just have forgiveness later on. You know what? Can I be honest with you? Think about it for a moment. Unless you've been told that you're going to die, how many of you have been thinking about dying this week? Most of us haven't. Most of us haven't. Most of us are thinking about, what am I going to do tomorrow? How am I going to pay that bill tomorrow? What am I going to do at work tomorrow? What am I going to eat tomorrow? What are gas prices going to be like tomorrow? Isn't that what we're thinking about? How are the Steelers are going to do today? How the Eagles are going to do? Some of you are shaking your heads like you already know, okay? But, you know, the reality is, listen, those are the things that people are talking about, but here's what we share. You know what you're going to do when you die? Nobody's thinking about that. First of all, can I tell you something? Your Jesus is not for later when you die. Your Jesus is for when? Now. Now. So you want to share with him about walking with God. That's the right reason. You tell them about the hope they can have now, about the God who gives them hope now in the midst of it. No, it doesn't make everything right, but you've got a hope. You've got one who's there to guide you through it, who gives you grace. That's what he's saying here. That's the right reason to share. So you say, okay, George, all right, so how do we wrap this up? Well, let me ask you two questions. And again, with these questions, they're not questions for you just to answer right now. They're questions for you to think about. So number one, are you open about your faith? That's a personal question. Are you open about your faith, or do you hide it? Are you open to others about the fact that you're a believer, and that you trust in him? Or are you afraid to tell somebody? Are you open about your faith? Now, let me just stop for a moment. I am not talking about, are you a holy Joe at work? Does everybody know what a holy Joe is? Holy Joe's the guy who's, got the, who's always talking about the Bible and about what he believes, but he laughs at everybody else's jokes, too. He's the guy that comes across really spiritual. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about you being a Bible banger. I'm talking about you just being real. That you love Jesus 
And you're not, you're not afraid to tell people, yeah, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm not belligerent, but I'm a follower of Christ. Are you open about sharing your faith with others? Are you open about, sh- about your faith with your family? Are you open about your faith with the people you work with? Are you open about your faith with your neighbors? Do they know where you're at? Do they know where you're at? Here's the second question. Do you see the need to share the message about Jesus? That's the most important question. Do you see the need? Do you see the reality that your friends are going to hell without Christ? That your family is going to hell without Jesus? That the people you work with are going to hell without Jesus? Do you see the need to share? So that's really the basic question. It's not just about the sense of are you open about telling people that you're a believer. Do you see the need to share with others about Jesus? That's reality. You might be here and you might be saying, you know, George, I have to be honest. Where I'm at right now, I'm not. It's okay. If you can be that honest, it's okay. So here's what you got to do about that. You need to ask God to break your heart for the people around you. You've got to ask God to burden your heart for the ones that you love, for your family, for your, for your friends, for your neighbors. To burden your heart for them so that they would come to know Jesus. Do you, know, do you understand what I'm saying? You've got to ask God to do that because God's the only one who can do that. And He's the only one that's going to change your heart. Because when we talk about whether or not you see the need to share, that's a heart issue. And I can't change your heart. You can't even change your heart. Who can change your heart? Jesus. God, the Holy Spirit. So what do we need to do, George? Here's the action point. We need to ask the Spirit to help you to share the gospel with others. We need to ask the Spirit to help you to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. And here's what you do. You say, God, help me. Help me this week. Give me opportunities. Help me to, to see the opportunities that are there to tell others about Jesus. Now, here's the thing. When you tell them about Jesus, they're the ones who have to make this. Don't press them. You just share. Now, you'll find sometimes that they, they don't want to make that decision right now, but they just want to hear you. That's okay. You, do you understand what I'm saying? But then sometimes you're going to find out that they don't really want to hear it. That's okay, so you stop. But then sometimes you're going to find that, yes, they're open and they're willing to make that decision. That's a blessing to see people come to know Jesus and you have the opportunity to lead them there. It's okay. Some sow a seed, some water, some reap, Paul says. The issue is you just share. And you just share with them personally. You say, well, I don't know how to answer all their questions. Fine, you don't need to answer all their questions. You just need to tell them about the Jesus you know. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't have to answer questions. You need to point them to who? Jesus. Did you understand what I'm saying? We live in uncertain times where people need hope. You've got the message of hope. But maybe you need to make some adjustments. Like, what do you mean, George? Maybe you need to start sharing the right way. What's the right way, George? Maybe the first thing is you need to have a life to back up what you're saying. And maybe you need to have a heart that's burdened for people to know how to walk with God. Then you can say, Lord, 
Help me to share the hope that's real to me. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.